Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Danny Palumbo! Yeah! Have some fun with it. It's me, Danny Palumbo, a.k.a. Pecorino Marino, a.k.a. <laughs> Tony Rigatoni. Hey. There he what's is. What's up? I got Tony pasta Rigatoni. aliases. That's, I know. Those are great, man. Let them know. <laughs> what do you, what, what's one for farfalle? Well, we can mm. think of another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bow tie pasta? I don't know. Yeah, ah, right. Yeah. Anyway, what's new, man? Not man, just chilling, just yeah. doing all the all the credits that y'all mentioned. That's the first time somebody mentioned every single thing I've done before. Hey, yeah, that was it. I, it was I was like, I was impressed by all of them. I don't normally do the whole list, but those are all I, fucking dope. Well, I I needed it because I don't have the one knockout that's like you've seen them on Conan. Stop. <laughs> right. right, you know what I mean. Right. You got to hey, mention all, all the stuff. those to come together to make a mighty fist, Daniel. Yes, a knockout that, blow. Yeah, <laughs> if you will, a uh, check swing that gets called strike. If oh. you will. Oof. Oof. Yeah, I just, I feel for the Giants fans. It was like a magical season. They were the, it came out of nowhere to have the best record in baseball. And then, yeah, I, you know, I was during the game, I was turning to my dad is in town. Uh, so it was fun watching, watching baseball with the old man. And I just mm -hmm. kept turning to him being like, what? You believe this shit? We're getting the Dodgers are getting some calls here, and then uh, they got the ultimate call that that put them on through to the next round. Yeah, and a check swing that wasn't a strike. It was stressful, but they called though. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, oh, for sure. I felt for everyone, even like when, yeah. whether we were at bat or the Giants were at bat, you're like, fuck, dude. Every single throw is like mattering right now. Yeah, and like a fucking like a strike three call just was just like felt like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. What? Are you, how are you gonna come back from everything? The stakes, but that's what I love about this time of year in baseball, that the stakes are at their highest. Mostly, I felt for E40. Mm. That was well, yeah. You mean Cory Booker? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what is something from your search history? Yes, most recently I searched. How soon can I start packing before a move? And this, this tells you a few major things about me. One, most obviously, it tells you that I'm, I'm moving in the future. It is at the time of recording. It's uh, October 18th. I'm not moving until <laughs> December 31st. It's, it's very far out there. And so this also tells you I'm not planning on anything resembling like an in-home social life for the next several months. I've written off <laughs> my future. Right. Like it's going to be just boxes and nowhere to sit for a while. And most tellingly, I think it, it reminds everyone that I'm even in my mid thirties, I'm still very focused on like, what is the normal way to go about doing things? I want to make sure even <laughs> if I don't follow it, I want to be aware of what it is. So that's mm -hmm. like Google is, is my non-judgmental friend where I can just go like, what's a normal way for a, a human to move <laughs> right. and then it tells me like okay good it's good to know it's uh google suggests by the way two to three weeks before the move which is okay. not what i'm 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 insufficient google now yeah i'm get yeah i'm getting severe doesn't sleep the night before a flight yes uh, vibes from you like just yeah. kind of packs and repacks yeah that's smart it's better than the alternative which i have engaged in many times which is just kind of 
throwing everything into a garbage bag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then throwing that in the back of a U-Haul. Yeah. The, those first moves in or at, right after college is when you're like <laughs> just packing up the construction bags. You're like, boxes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, man. I'll put all these books and pans in a fucking garbage bag and throw them in a truck. Yeah. And the and amount of in. things, when I left LA for New York, it was a very quick move. And there are so many things that I'm like, well, then I'll just go without a colander and I throw it out. Like things that I would sooner get rid of than like bother finding a new box for it. And then as soon as I am in my new place and I'm boiling water, oh shit, I need a, <laughs> I need a colander. Yeah. Did you try the thing where you just like break the cap or the lid of the thing very slightly and then dump, still dump half the pasta out? That's I, Oh, cracking the I lid. To, yeah, cracking the lid, but it's completely insufficient replacement or the steam calendar. creeps out and burns the yeah. part of your hand and then you let oh, go yeah. and it's on the sink and like god <laughs> just a fucking failure uh fortunately there are sweatshirts for that side so note you can just today is we forgot to mention up top national seafood bisque day just to let everybody oh know. i mean that's what we're celebrating today is that october 18th or 19th 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 shock i know we're 19th. recording october it then 19th. but it's look a little peek behind the curtain Sorry, as we that. celebrate this, it will be National Seafood Bisque Day. Uh, and you did mention it was Shocktober. Is that is that a uh, do you do you celebrate? Are you an observer of Shocktober? I, I I don't really care for Halloween. It's not like a big holiday for me. But mm. anytime someone says October, very academically correcting them to Shocktober <laughs> is very fun to me. I really enjoy that. Uh, Shocktober. Yep. Yeah. Wait, uh-huh. is there something? Is that a real thing, or that's just a colloquialism for just because it's spooky October? We call it Shocktober, or is there like an actual phenomenon I'm missing out on? Not that I know of. I oh, think it's yeah, one of those things that just... was like Shocktober at Knott's Bar- not Scary Farm. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Which they really fucked up with the naming of that because it just sounds like it's any other day at. Knott's Berry Farm, which is not scary. Yes. It's oh, like wow. Not, but it's a, it's <laughs> like, a yeah, sound alike, scary. Beza, <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Okay. Controversial. Mm. I feel like going out in your 20s, like that whole, all of the going out in your 20s is overrated. Like you think you're going to have an awesome night. And then, and then like, as I get older and now I don't go out, like go out anymore, you know, like go to clubs and bars anymore, really. And I like, I realize like how overrated is I wait in line, I get dressed, especially if you're single, you go with a bunch of guys, you get embarrassed by the bouncer before you get in, you spend the $18 on a up. beer. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you spend $18 on a beer, you try to talk to one girl, she says, no, and then you're embarrassed to talk to the rest of the rest of the night, and then you <laughs> sit, listen to a lot of music, you can't talk, the booth sucks, you don't have a right. table. It just sucks. Like you right. go home and then you're like, that was dope, right? That was a right. wild <laughs> night. You know, like it wasn't why we stood around in a corner, nobody danced. It was just boring. Was like, like, yeah, and if you me- guys, I'm getting tired. Can you go home so I could put on some Joker makeup and record some TikToks? <laughs> to cap the night off. So what I like to do when I get shut down at the bar, I get on my yeah. Joker shit at home. It's I just feel like I look back now, and I was reminded of this when I saw the movie Sorry to Bother You. And like mm. if you remember, like he goes to like this back like VIP entrance and he has right. no fun and like he's sitting in a shitty booth and the drink sucks and the people are it's just no fun at all. And then he comes out and they're like, How was it? And he was like, It was dope. 
Right, right, <laughs> right. And it's like, that's what we're, I feel like that's what we're supposed to say because we spend so much money and so much time and so much effort doing this thing. But I feel like all of that going out in your 20s when you're in your 30s is like overrated. Wow. We got to acknowledge you got a, you got a cat in the background. I'm so sorry. The cat is going crazy Co- because. I, no, it's good. No, I, I have cats too. And I'm like, are my cats? It's, it's <laughs> because, like, no, I and I know it's... why, it's because I came out the room and came right mm. upstairs to do this podcast. So I have completely yeah. ignored her. And so oh. she is downstairs knocking everything down off a table, like can be knocked down <laughs> off a table, like batting and pens around and shit. Yeah, she's batting pens around. She's knocking computer chargers off. She's just knocking everything she can. So Do you she, think there's um, in the in that time though, right? Like, I'm trying to think of what the value is because I de- certainly didn't learn much when I was going out. I learned what like hey. the limits were <laughs> of like my physical ability to consume like alcohol and drugs, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like. Man, I learned a lesson tonight at the club, y'all. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it, just the the loud music in particular makes it impossible to communicate, and then it's just a weird. It's like a weird psychological psychological experiment because you just like are purely like you can't even really think. You can't talk to other people. Right. I think the the loud music is designed to make you just drink more. But I don't know, man. I always, I, after a while, I just started finding places that didn't play loud music. I have more fun at house and far between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More sure. fun at house parties or places that play loud music. I like that stuff now even. You know, what's also yeah. interesting yeah. is like, I'm not a tall guy, right? And so most men are taller than me. And then most women, when they go out, wear heels that make them taller than me. So right. when I go into a place and I'm like, damn, I'm the shortest person in here. Like, that's also a weird it's right. not it's not it's not a great feeling. It's just like I'm like, man, like But you have more to offer than your height, Bezak. You know I know, but like I don't look world, at you and go, look at that man who's all short. The world of, <laughs> of people in their twenties don't often care about Oh no, absolutely it's toxic. That's why like the, the thing about the club is like when I'd go, I when I look back and think about what my whole vibe was in there, it was so performative. It was right. like, Yeah, I put me I'm up in here. Yeah, I'm in this section. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Spending the last three dollars on my debit card exactly to like ball out and maybe overdraft but i'm not gonna tell nobody in here my roommate in my 20s in chicago worked at a club and he was like he was like do you know how many rental car keys there are in the back like like the valet he was like people are renting cars for the weekend just to pull up just to like pull up and like pick their he's like you know they, they rent a car they go pick up pick up their their lady they pull in the thing boom, 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 and it's like it's all fake right they're right. like why you have that big old chunky hertz navigation system bolted to your dashboard you're like i don't know man i think somebody tried to somebody pranked me <laughs> see my my cat has been quiet now that i'm I holding know. her and giving her attention yeah very no, cute cat so what's cute. your cat's name uh this is gianna Gigi bryant named after kobe's daughter who passed i oh, got her the beautiful. same week uh he that she passed damn yeah, I, f- I feel like it's, yeah, just, you know, you have the thought stopping it with the music. You have, like, everybody's just trying to behave like other people, so they're blending in. It's like it's like military training in yeah. there. Yeah, Everyone's right. just trying to yeah, but it's funny. Do... Actually, I don't mean to say I didn't learn anything, because I learned very quickly that performative swag vibes and shit was not for me and was actually, yeah. like, so empty, because it kind of takes that thing where, like, when you're younger and you you sort of, you covet the club. You're like, mm, I want to be yeah. there. I want to be up in exactly. it. And I can't exactly. wait to be up in it. I'm going to do this shit my way. Then you go and you're like, this is fucking not for me. 
yeah. kind of very quickly yeah. begin to learn. So yeah, I learned who I was thanks to it's, privilege on Sunset Boulevard. It's amazing to like, it's amazing to like, think about what I enjoy now, what I look forward to now. Like I look forward to coming home, cooking a meal, watching a Netflix show that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Like I look <laughs> yeah. forward to it that I would have yeah. in my twenties. It's like, Oh, I can't wait to go to this club that I'm going to wait in line for 45 minutes in the cold before the dude <laughs> lets me in right. so that, so that, so I can stand in a corner and not talk to anybody. Right. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated? The national parks of this beautiful country. I think I've probably gone on about this on this show before, but we just had a friend get married in Yosemite. Mm. And dude, as easy as it is to like hate America right now and what it stands for, just go look at it, dude. It's so beautiful. And honestly, like I know fans of this show are probably fans of progressive politics or you just listen to get really angry about progressive politics. <laughs> but national parks are progressive politics done well. It's yeah. just perfect, man. And like, it, it honestly just fuels my soul, dude. I've been like going, and it got me through the pandemic. And um, yeah, we were in Yosemite and, and we went on the uh, Hetch Hetchy hike, which is the reservoir that gives San Francisco all its drinking water. Mm-hmm. And it was just dope, man. Like, just learning about the attitudes of this country and how they've shifted. So like Hetch Hetchy was used to be a valley and then they flooded it after the San Francisco fires. None of this I knew before this wedding, by the way. So San Francisco, there was like a huge public debate. And at the time, this is the early 1900s, the prevailing public opinion was that the wilderness is something to be conquered. Very like manifest destiny sort of attitude. Like it's us versus nature, right? We got to go mm-hmm. conquer that shit and show who's the boss, who's the king of the fucking world. Yeah. And Dry up all the rivers and lakes and then turn the things that aren't rivers and lakes into rivers and lakes. That's <laughs> right. Just just because we can. Because like, we're fucking men. Yeah, we got yeah. to gentrify the woods and, yes. you know, make Thank the you. deer go find somewhere else to live. <laughs> exactly. And so, but then there was this guy, John Muir, M-U-I-R. I don't know how Muir, to say it. Yeah. I just read it. Yeah. And he like, he was a All about the it. early preservationist, you know what yeah. I mean? And like, they kind of reached this compromise with Hetch Hetchy because San Francisco burned down and they were like, bro, we need water. And so they kind of like worked together to create this situation that worked well for nature and for people. And I was just so fascinated, man. And by the end, I was like, I honestly needed to hear about a time where people like came together and solved a problem. And you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I just, we I, had, national yeah. parks got to take advantage, man. Everyone, we, we did so much work in the like new, new deal era, like the one time that America was able to like consolidate behind progressive and, you know, socialist ideals. And we're just coasting off of that shit like ever since and like slowly undoing that progress. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. And it's just like, it's the shit that like, it should be bipartisan. You know what I mean? Like I've been in national parks and seeing dudes in MAGA hats walking around. And I'm just like, so I know you love this, right? but you know that the guy, he wants to drill this for oil. You know that, right? right. Like he that's wants just, well, to just looking for good. That's not here though. That's bears ears. <laughs> it's like, well, that's also a national park and monument. What? <laughs> yeah. They're looking for good drilling there. spots. That's what they're doing there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love the idea of a Republican who goes to Sedona to heal on the vortexes. Like, who's that guy? <laughs> right, right, right. Who, who is this cross section of humanity? Uh, yeah, it's Kirsten Cinema, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. libertarian. Have you been to the Muir Woods in Mill Valley? 
No, but I now and, and out of it obviously is named after him, right? I yeah. mean where is hey, that? Daddy John Muir, Mill Valley up in the Bay Area. No, I okay, I gotta do that. That'll yeah, be next really on the beautiful. list. I love it up there, man. Yeah. Bay Area. Yeah. You're overrated and underrated are sort of at cross purposes because I feel like a lot of the good park space in a lot of the cities around the country are golf courses <laughs> right. that we need to invade and just claim as as parks that we can use this is i I bring it up a lot it's from a malcolm gladwell podcast but it's like the one gladwell idea that i was like fuck yeah man he nailed it take him back how much how many tax breaks are we giving these places what we're paying them to keep a (laughs) a part like a bunch of the best land in the middle of the city as a private thing that we're not allowed to go into like that's that's the Love deal it. that we got. So that's let's. Fucking, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, but I won't. I won't tell your golf course buddies that you said that shit. Because <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Look at me, dude. They know. They know. They know. <laughs> they know I'm a mole. Yeah, they can tell. I, the way I look out at the green, I'm like, you know, we could really plant some beautiful acorn bearing oak trees. <laughs> like, shut up and hit. What the if ball. we rewilded this space? <laughs> yeah, I look like a guy who lived where they built the golf course, and I'm coming out. To, this is my land. Right, right. right. Also, yeah. yeah. Also, you, you can't get. put on pants goofy enough to make them trust you. They're like, oh, those are cool golf spikes. Kenny, what do you call those? Oh, those are Birkenstocks. <laughs> pretty, pretty standard. I call them yuppie stompers. <laughs> get off my land. <laughs> oh, do you even know whose ancestral land this is? <laughs> Me, a white man. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> Emphasis on the H in white. Yeah. White. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back and we're riding the roller coaster of uh, Danielle's relationship with her cats. Apparently they're they're causing all sorts of havoc. My guess, they know that it's National Make a Dog's Day Day. Mm-hmm. But taking back the power. Yeah. Yeah, taking back the power. They're like, no, mm-hmm. fuck this. All right. Let's uh let's get into the <laughs> the third announcement from Donald Trump about how he's going to uh change the landscape of media. He has announced uh, Trump Media Technology Group because he he believes he can take down big tech by creating a worse product that can't compete at all with Netflix, Twitter, and even a company called iHeartMedia. He's coming for us. Coming for us. I've heard of iHeartMedia. I haven't, but somehow (laughs) this man has. And yeah, he also thinks he can go after Amazon's cloud service and like Stripe for like payments and stuff. This is all because he thinks that he can create like essentially an uncancelable internet infrastructure. So Mm -hmm. if no matter how racist or vile you are, they can't say like, well, we're going to take this hosting service away from you or we're going to take this way of processing payments away from you because he'll have his own versions and that will shield them from any kind of real scrutiny or Mm -hmm. criticism. Mm But the big one, I think, that was announced today was the Truth Social platform. Truth yes. Social. Get ready. Let's just give a real quick background on like his. So this yeah. is the third in a series. First, it was uh, from the desk of where he would be issuing communications mm-hmm. to publish straight from the desk of Donald Trump. And it was a blog. 
and like he just didn't maybe he hadn't heard of those and he thought he was inventing them but that that barely got any attention and so that went away in july this is one i didn't even know about he quietly launched a new social media platform called getter Mm. which really Mm. should be the name of uh larry the cable guy's social media platform but he went for it g-e-t-t-r and that apparently fell apart which you know he's taking a lot of swings he's just uh letting letting loose and now he's announced his third an app dubbed truth because yeah that the he he wants he thinks that the truth is i don't know this is pretty in line with his overall strategy of like naming things the exact opposite of what they are yeah right like saying he's a president Mm. rather than a despotic fucking imbecile or something wait is donald trump the president uh it depends on which news channel you watch yes because there there seem to be competing narratives but like Mm. with the truth thing predictably right posting to the site will be called truthing and fucking each individual post will be known as a truth so i get that they're fully trying to take any meaning out of that word truth by being like yeah i retruthed that truth from earlier who's your favorite truther oh yeah (laughs) let me some good accounts for some funny truths to follow on truth social he has trademarked the term uh truthing and retruth (laughs) <laughs> which is pretty cool. Oh, uh, well, that's nice. You, you'd you'd hope that it would be something a little bit more interesting than that, but of course, this this makes sense because you say absolute lie and you call that your truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. shockingly, I know this is gonna hold on to your butts, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the project launched a beta, and people took a look a little behind the curtains, and it was seemingly done as cheaply and lazily as possible. Hmm. The site's code is a, quote, mostly unmodified version of Mastodon, which is an open source hmm. software launched in 2016. That, and also a band that's very cool. Yeah, yes, yeah. But anyone can use this. Like, I could use this to launch my own social networking site. That's basically what they did they just took that open source software didn't even make any modifications to it so it was extremely easy for people to immediately hack into although you didn't really need to hack into it they launched the beta and people could immediately just sign up for accounts with the handles at donald trump and Mm -hmm. at mike pence and mm. at Donald J. Trump, uh, so mm. somebody got that one and immediately posted a photo of a pig defecating on its testicles. Yep, that old that old Twitter. Oh, jeez, <laughs> uh, I uh, um, I kind of hate that, but I love it. But I hate it. Well, it's just kind of they've nailed the perfect visual metaphor for what is happening here. Yeah, and it's been a common sort of troll reply on Twitter too for mm-hmm. just like f- just spamming threads with that image because people are like get it off of here <laughs> but yeah the it, it's clear that like everything just not much thought put into it it's really about the I guess the optics of saying like this is what I'm going to do and this is when it's coming out there might be a, a beta open for some people like at the like sort of end of the year but the plans are that this thing is launching in 2022 hmm. but there's also like really weird guidelines within the website too. Like 
the the slides about like the sort of presentation of the website is like it's a big tent it's for everyone liberals conservatives independents can all come through but then there's like this fine print that's like truth can like revoke and deactivate your account for any reason without you knowing without you ha- without even us having to explain so don't talk shit on here you're gone you're literally prohibited from disparaging the site or and this is a quote annoying the site's employees yeah which oh, I and kind of very respect. annoying. <laughs> there was a cartoon on SNL that they took down that was basically like about how Disney owned everything. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like this graphic reminds me of that cartoon. Yeah. Just with all the other brands there. Yeah. yeah. And just taking everything over. The graphic in question has TMTG with like a line to truth social versus and then it's like Twitter, Facebook. And then in a separate like media content production section, it's TMTG plus, which competes with Netflix and Disney plus. I don't know how to get the the plus is brilliant. Like Disney plus. Uh, Oh, shit. Come on. Wait, you think so? You think so? (laughs) 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 To go along with fucking uh, Trump flicks, you know, it's it's all it's all gonna be there. (laughs) (laughs) And HBO MAGA, yeah, that's pretty good actually. They should have done that. TMTG News is the one that's coming for our ass for iHeart and CNN. That's kind of a flex. Shout out to iHeart. I mean, I think because purely all this, all of these things are just pointing at are like sort of superlatives, like within a given industry. So it's like if it's streaming, you're going to put the streaming people there. And if it's radio or podcasting, then they're they're mentioning this behemoth company. So, yeah, it's (laughs) we look forward to your network, although I feel like they're already out there. The long term opportunity TMTG tech stack which just sounds like some words they made up and put in front of him. But he was like, nice. I love a tech stack. TMTG tech stack, yeah. Yeah, like you said, they're coming for Amazon cloud computing uh, and Google cloud. Right. So, you know, they got big, big is, things Is it proprietary code for your platform? No, no, I just ripped off Mastodon. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So some nice. real pioneering type shit happening over here. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about just a little bit of uh, news around... The green energy possibilities, how we could possibly fight climate change, make the world a little bit more sustainable. So, you know, as Congress debated uh, last week whether to pare down the Biden administration's climate proposals, uh, and spoiler alert, they did. New research has suggested uh, doing so would create far fewer jobs if you if you pared it down and just kept going with fossil fuel, kept doubling down. For every million dollars the U.S. government invests, solar produces over 2.7 times more jobs than fossil fuels, according mm. to an analysis from two environmental think tanks and labor unions. Wind energy spurs over 2.8 times more jobs than the investments in oil, gas, and coal. Retrofitting buildings to be more energy efficient creates demand for nearly three times as many jobs. So these are... It's it's not a issue of, well, you know, fossil fuels is like the thing that's good for the economy. The only excuse that they have for continuing to double down on fossil fuels is that fossil fuels have the money and therefore the inertia to um, keep them moving in the same direction they've been moving in for it's, a century. It's just wild that 
this analysis just negates any argument that would come out of this lobbying side of being like, well, then what happens to all these people's jobs, man? If you yeah. get rid of coal, then what happens? And you're like, yeah, there's actually there. Even if those people fucking cleaved themselves like a cell and turned into two people, that person would also have a job. Right. Exactly. That's how lucrative and how much opportunity is there because we have a massive undertaking to change the energy mix. Yeah. And we actually have a like specific example of, you know, a way a way that we could be changing things and helping the environment and helping uh, economies. But before we get to that, uh, Danielle's Internet just went out, (laughs) unfortunately. And, you know, we're hoping that she is able to get back in here. But always wonderful having Danielle. Hopefully it comes back. She's working on getting back on. As we speak, um, so, but yeah. we're momentarily. Yeah. If we're hoping to be rejoined, but uh, this is the if wonder not, of, Miles and I are full of enough hot air to uh, push this thing through to the. Speak you for know. yourself, man. <laughs> A real wind bag. Am I right? Mm. All right. Let Let's talk uh, really briefly about the dependency ratio, uh, just because I think it continues to be one of the most underrated kind of forces or explanations in kind of macroeconomics in the modern world. There's a a story in the New York Times about how China's economy has continued to slow and it like focuses on steel mills facing power cuts and computer chip shortages and, you know, troubled property companies. There's like a big real estate kind of meltdown happening in China, but it doesn't mention anywhere this thing that I always I come back to like this is on par with the British coal gas study and Tom Hanks peeing in every movie is like a thing I I just bring up at every uh, mm-hmm. opportunity Havana that Syndrome. I get. But yeah, and Havana Syndrome as well. But it's basically like you put working age people on one side of a scale. You put people who are too young or too old to work on the other side. And the more that the working age people outweigh the other people, the dependents, which is called why it's called the dependency ratio, uh, the stronger the economy like tends to perform over over a long period of time. And if you like this basically explains the 20th century, like the U.S.'s like unprecedented baby boom was working its way through working age during when America's like economy really took off. And now that they're all hitting retirement age, it's starting to slow down. And China, like, is a really interesting example of this because they did the one child experiment. Like, their one child policy was basically a way to kind of force a really favorable dependency ratio by sort of artificially shrinking the number of dependents. And so they had this huge population of people who are going through working age and then much smaller dependents and can be seen as fueling their massive economic growth. But now that big like chunk of working age people is hitting retirement. So it's like as I'm trying to explain it, I'm starting to see why it's not raised that much because it's kind of boring. But I think it's also like it takes some of the agency and like heroism and like the sort of like deserving out of America's economic success and Mm -hmm. particularly the economic success of the baby boomers, like the idea that they're just like a lucky demographic cohort is probably like something that baby boomers are allergic to and they're 
you know, still, even though the median population of America is 38, I think if you like look at the median population of powerful people in the country, it's probably squarely in the heart of like the baby boomer set. And I I just feel like that generation's entire worldview wants to believe that they are special and better than everyone and earned their financial success. Broadly, broad. Yeah, just broadly speaking. Because yeah. we know we don't. And I love when the boomers I gang come through and they're like, I'm not like the other boomers. We're like, we, sure, sure. You yeah, listen I mean, to our terrible show. Right. There's no <laughs> way. But yeah, I mean, and then I also think like just the one child policy is a very like, I don't know, is one of the strangest or like most kind of inexplicable policies if you just totally take the dependency ratio out of the equation. It's just and and I feel like we never really think about like why they did that or how it relates to their financial success. So, so what does that mean for us? It just means that so what one detail that kind of jumped out at, at me other than like I think it like there's a relationship between like America's like white supremacy and their ability to just be like, ah, China doing the one child policy. That's weird. They're weird. <laughs> just like not thinking about it any further. It also relates to immigration policy because U.S., like one of the main forces that is keeping the U.S. median age like and dependency ratio in a good place is the, you know, massive immigration or, you know, the urge for immigration that the GOP like wants to wants to fight against. And it just seems coincidental or not coincidental that the people who w are like the most like baby boomer ass <laughs> po party, the GOP wants to like fight against immigration. And they're also the ones who would like most want to ignore the financial realities of like the dependency ratio mm -hmm. being the reason that they have their success. But that's kind of one of the reasons that people think that the dependency ratio is going to hit China harder than the U.S.'s by 2050. Like the U.S.'s population is supposed to, you know, grow by quite a bit because of the dependency ratio. And China's is supposed to shrink because of people are more likely to leave the country than want to come there. So that's that story. <laughs> and that's all I have to say yeah. about that. And one child policy, base level, we agree is a bad idea. Yes. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because at one point you were like, and this one, one child policy, and then there was a long pause. And then you landed like on pretty so strange. I was like, yeah, strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep going, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very uh, really uh, quirky. Yeah, they were kind of quirky. <laughs> but I, I don't want to say authoritarian. Right. Uh, uh, just just forward thinking. But like, what were they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but... they were really looking at that, though, huh? Gotta give it up. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, I think it's funny, too, because there's for all. <laughs> Immigration is such a, such one of these issues in the country where there's there's it's like it's it's looked at as like it's it's the end of the country, but no one acknowledges that so many of the the great things of, uh, about of, about this place is that it's because of people coming here from different places, whether that's yeah. just the opportunity it provides or you know cuisine. I think a lot of people, I think for a lot of people, are like, man, fuck immigrants. Realize a lot of the food you're eating that you yeah. even think is American is because of this melting pot that the United States became. And then also on top of it, 
the everyone I think that's the other part they don't talk about is the financial aspect for people who are so focused on like the economy of it all. Like if you were just actually playing with facts and figures, like, no, okay, yeah, this we can handle more people being here. But it's also this fear of a brown or not so alabaster white America that fears a lot of yeah. or drives a lot of the fear around it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just to, in relation to World War Two, like I, I think Miles, you know, cover your ears. Yeah, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. The fact that the U.S. had this massive population boom and generation, you know, the baby boom, that drove their financial success. Well, and we were just like, and we took credit for winning World War Two, while Russia, who actually like. You yeah. know, all of their working age people like died in World War Two while actually doing a lot of the, you know, horrible work that was required to win that is also a, a pretty big, you know, re reason that the U.S. ended up winning the Cold War or at least like outlasting the USSR. But again, not not the sort of thing that people in the U.S. want to acknowledge, especially in like the mainstream media. Oh, yeah. Miles, you can start listening again. <laughs> All right. What happened? <laughs> I'm just watching that movie Enemy at the Gates with Jude Law. I hope it doesn't <laughs> spoil anything. <laughs> I feel like it was only like recently, like in the last couple of years, where like someone on TV was like, no, we only won the war because of Russia. You know that, right? And people yeah. were like, huh? <laughs> like suddenly, like if it was it was as if people like it was anathema to everyone's like oh my what did this person say that is a historian that is acknowledging what happened on the eastern front huh yeah. okay but yeah it's, i don't think it's it's still built it's part of our idea that uh yeah we dropped bomb people gave up we beat hitler good night yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy that all those boomers helped russia win the war <laughs> that, 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 that. Russia never would have done it if the boomers hadn't just told them, go ahead and do it, please. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hit after hit from that generation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about Jesus Ween. And we're back and... Let's talk Netflix. The CEO, Ted Sarandos, has been in a bit of a shitstorm since last week as he just like kind of continues to completely fumble the backlash against Dave Chappelle's just horribly transphobic BS special, The, the Closer. So Sarandos kicked things off by essentially saying that Netflix pushes boundaries. And the comedy does, man. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up like they they had a conflict with a trans employee who was unhappy with their employer's actions and suspended and then unsuspended that employee and was like oh it had nothing to do with that we just suspend people all the it was time. like because they were like, vocal about like you know right. criticizing the company it was like this whole other thing and yeah it's getting worse now like you yeah. put out a letter to employees trying to explain the mess away and how it's really not that bad because Netflix also has like stuff with like gay people too. So that's chill. And he said, this is in this letter, quote, adults can watch violence, assault and abuse or enjoy shocking stand-up comedy without it causing them to harm others. We are working hard to ensure marginalized com communities aren't defined by a single story. So we have sex education, Orange is the New Black, Control Z, Hannah Gadsby and Dave Chappelle all on Netflix. 
Key to this is increasing diversity on the on the content team itself. Hannah Gatsby did not appreciate being deployed as a defense token in this fucking lame argument and posted, quote, I hate Ted Sarandos. Just a quick note to let you know that I would prefer if you didn't drag my name into your mess. Now I have to deal with even more of the hate and anger that Dave Chappelle's fans like to unleash on me every time Dave gets $20 million to process his emotionally stunted partial worldview. You didn't pay me nearly enough to deal with the real world consequences of the hate speech dog whistling you refuse to acknowledge, Ted. Fuck you and your amoral algorithm cult. I do shits with more backbone than you. That's just a joke. I definitely didn't cross a line because you just told the world there isn't one. Wow. Damn, that was good. That was a good tweet. Was that a yeah. tweet? No, it was a, it, I think it was a, oh, yeah. maybe an um, IG, like an IG okay. post. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But the referencing of like, I, I like that, you know, Hannah's calling out this de- just tired ass defense. Like, These things don't lead to real world harm, okay? Yeah. Right. And having a very limited definition of what harm is, you right. know? As he says, this is another, this is his further, you know, defense of like this harm argument. Quote, the strongest evidence to support this is that violence on screens has grown hugely over the last 30 years, especially with first party shooter games. First party. (laughs) Um, And yet violent crime has fallen significantly in many countries. Adults can watch violence and blah, 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 without harming others. So that was like the first part. You know, you can still get birth of a nation or triumph of the will through their disc based rental service. Just right. so you know, but also yeah. like a lot of people are pointing out is like, have you seen this own documentary that's on Netflix that you put out called Disclosure, which the subheading is in this documentary, leading trans creatives and thinkers share heartfelt perspectives and analysis about Hollywood's impact on the trans community. I think well, that's just like your opinion, man. You know, that's like your opinion, it's... man, on my own platform. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I was just having a conversation with a friend over dinner about this last night who's also a comedian it's so like comedians a lot of them can't make the connection between like the thing they're saying and then also violence like to them there's just not the straight line at all and it's like really fucking infuriating also the people that really i would say would you say there's like a venn diagram of people that hated hannah gatsby's special and then also people that like like defend defend chappelle and it's like if you didn't think that was comedy Right. Why? What do you think right. that is like? And I watched right. the whole thing too, and it was like long point point making pauses, diatribes. It's like what it reads like. Yeah, yeah it's like super yeah. hypocritical. And granted, you know, the whole thing wasn't just a screed against the LGBTQ community, but right. what it was was it didn't it com- it was not a comedy special. When you look ah. at his other specials, it's a completely yeah. different person and a different kind of performance. Yeah, and it's truly just someone, as Gatsby <laughs> says, it's just sort of like trying to process their limited worldview on stage for a couple of million bucks. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people said, look, if for all the people who want to make the content doesn't cause harm nonsense, a lot of them just gestured at 13 reasons why, you know, many child development experts and psychologists criticized the show for its depiction of a teenager taking their own life. And they said it could possibly very well and most likely would lead to copycat incidents. And Then a damning study was released, according to the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. In March 2017, which was a month after the show debuted, there's a 28.9% increase in suicide among Americans ages 10 to 17. And it completely was like an outlier based on statistical trends and things like that. And obviously, again, correlation isn't causation. 
But it was definitely enough for Netflix to say, okay, let's reconsider something. And they just did the minimum by adding a warning card. Um, oh, too, uh, too rich, not enough people telling them to shut the fuck up, I think, is, is often yes. what happens. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a bummer, man. Harm isn't just about walking up to someone and committing a violent hate crime. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's how people excuse that this isn't bad, that this doesn't arrive to that level of what, the hate speech or something like that. Any, I would say anything that is contributing to the slowing of progress is in and of itself a violent outcome for somebody. Because yeah. normalizing the othering of trans people through edgy comedy specials directly contributes to people not seeing the humanity of these people. Right. And yes. it's just a punchline. And I'm curious, right. would Chappelle defend a white comics use of minstrelsy tropes or doing blackface? Right. Because right. people laughed at that shit, but it's the same thing. Blackface was used to dehumanize black Americans. Right. And at the time, people called that comedy, entertainment. But yep. the insidious part is what it does is it creates a baseline for a level of being able to perceive someone as a human who's deserving of dignity or not. And if you are fucking with that and you are trying to pump the brakes on that by saying shit like I'm team turf and all this other shit and trying to make your point about how like trying to deny someone the agency of fucking gender expression, you're directly opposed to progress, to liberation for people. So in that sense, you're not yeah. fucking saying anything clever. You're not speaking truth to power or anything like that. Yeah. And if you're talking about, a you know, like good comedy that's edgy and causes co conversation is typically pointing out an absurdity of our society or culture, right? That people are like, damn, right. that is an absurd thing that is going on that we're not really looking at critically. At best, Chappelle is saying that it's absurd that trans women think they are women. Yeah, that's it. Right. And that's only, I don't, that would only appear as an absurd notion to someone that wants to deny a person the agency of gender expression. That's not saying anything larger about this. So that's why I'm like, I'm failing to see where you understand the, like the hegemonic dimensions of all this and where power yeah. lies and what direction you're trying to, to skew the, like make a point. Right. I mean, there, and there is no, he's just making the same point over and over again. And it's just him gesturing at his anxiety around something that deep down he knows is wrong and fucked up and he hasn't dealt with it. But like in the same way that, you know, you look back at, you know, minstrel shows and you're like, how is this comedy? Like, it, it doesn't make sense now, but it was because it addressed like some deep anxiety of people realizing like what they were like, their worldview was incredibly fucked up. I think that it's the same thing. It's like, I don't really even see how this is a joke, but it's like basically like touching on a thing that I think culturally he like we realize this fucked up and that like he's struggling with like five levels deep in his consciousness yeah. and like can't can't process and that's why he keeps fucking coming back to it and just being wrong and strong on on that man and it's just there's like almost no in between with like comedy anymore it's like people are either tripping on a banana peel or they're like trying to start a cult or something there's like right. no in between like at all I miss yeah. people tripping on a banana peel. <laughs> yeah, what happened to Pratt Falls? Huh? Yeah, that's what. I <laughs> More Pratt Falls, less uh, of your saying, societal dude. analyses from yeah. your perspective mm. as a cishet male. Yeah, 
telling people who is and is not a woman. Right. Like, okay. It's like when Joe Biden was like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Right. Oh, right. shut Jeez. the fuck up, fool. We, <laughs> we got something for your ass, too. All, all, dude, I, you know, I can't stand too. It, it's like a, a lot of these comics, too, will say things like, why would you listen to us like we're comedians? And it's like, you keep, you know, positioning yourself as someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Like you're, right. you know, right. like you're, you're point making. Like right. that's why right. people are listening to you. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, I, I really challenge people for people who are Dave Chappelle fans. And I've had a few of them reach out to me because of the, our perspective on this whole incident is to really consider what you are casually just laughing off as not harmful. Right. Because maybe you are in a position socioeconomically, racially, or whatever to not understand that shit like that is, is what keeps people down, is what keeps things from progressing forward and having a better outcome yeah. or life. Like when, you know, I think most people can look at racial stereotypes and understand that they're harmful. But you have to begin to evolve your thinking a bit to understand how large this world is and how varied people's experiences and identities are. And like, why the fuck are you caping for somebody who's making someone feel bad? That doesn't yeah. that's not that doesn't track. And I, I'm if people in the trans community are saying this is violence, this is offensive. I think I don't I don't want to have to uh, be subjected to this. Why the fuck are other people be like, no, nah, no, nah, they don't know what they're talking about. You, yeah, that's not yeah. your place to determine that. This actually brings us to a story that I've been teasing for a month now, but that we keep not getting to because I was waiting for the perfect time to bring <laughs> it up. It's the story that Super Producer Dramos put in the doc about a study that shows that 2.6% of people have aphantasia, meaning they don't possess the ability to create pictures in their mind's eye. And oftentimes they don't realize this. They just think that people are being poetic when they talk about like being able to envision things. But this Vice article consists of an interview with somebody who has this. And the reason that I think it relates to what you're talking about with the Chappelle thing is they mentioned that people get like really defensive and kind of aggressive when they explain that they have this. So the vice reporter asks, have you always known the way you thought was significantly different to other people? And then the person with aphantasia says, a friend said that a friend of theirs was Greek, but had lived in England for 10 years. And they were wondering whether he thought in English or in Greek. And until that moment, I had no idea that anyone thought in languages at all. The same goes for mental images. When people said a mental picture, I didn't realize they were being literal. I thought it was poetic. When I found out it wasn't, a bit of poetry of the world disappeared. I've only known for a few years, so it's taken some time to get used to the notion that not everyone thinks the same way. And then they talk about how people get aggro about them. And the vice reporter is like, why would that bother people? And they say, it strikes me that by mentioning that I don't think in pictures or in words, I'm somehow attacking their approach. The fact that there is another way makes people uncomfortable. Everyone is always asking me questions like, can't you tell me what your dad looks like? <laughs> and the reporter is like, can't you tell me what your dad looks like? And they're like, no, I know what my dad looks like. I know what my entire family looks like. But the only reason I could tell you what color my dad's eyes are is because I checked once when someone asked me. And, you know, I think this ties back to people's 
like inability to process the violence that trans people feel uh, around the Dave Chappelle special. I think it ties back to even the Havana syndrome story and the fact that like people are so, first of all, aggressive and like certain, oh, they must be making it up. Or then when the people themselves are accused of like, you know, not having had the actual attack get super defensive is because we just we are super aggressive and like kind of counterintuitively and illogically aggressive when it comes to the idea that other human beings don't think and process the world in the same way that we do. Right, yeah. It's like really troubling to people in a way that I just I feel like I see it everywhere. Once I read this article, I was like, oh, that's we are like so uncomfortable with that idea. And yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, insecurity is like directly tied to anger about things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, yeah. it's obvious. Like you, well, well, I feel like once I started realizing that I could see it in other people, too, like when I see, right. you know, whatever it is, I'm like, oh, you're incredibly insecure about something. Right. You know, right. And that's how it comes out. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's just like like we kind of built a world that relies on the illusion that we have control over yeah. like all our faculties and that we all think the same. And like if somebody commits a crime, they have done that on purpose, like thinking the same thoughts that we're thinking as we imagine them committing that crime and, you know, that therefore blame them for their actions. And yeah, there's just it's so much of the world relies on this illusion and this like misconception. and then. You know, anytime like somebody explains that their brain doesn't work exactly the same as somebody else or, you know, that their experience has led them to see something completely differently than you, it just causes people like to freak out. Yeah. When you read that uh, art, that study, did it fuck with you a little bit also? But you were like, can I think of images? I was like, yeah. for a second, I read it this morning. I was like, oh, God, picture a candle. I got it. Right. I got it. Right. Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what a candle looks like. Yeah. There's. I think you know. It's just the same way. Like with, especially we saw with the uprisings last summer around. You know, all the police killings that were happening. Is that suddenly? Yeah. White people were caught in a moment. Be like, what do you? Like it was like, wait. There's another way to look at this rather than being yeah. less empathetic or understanding of like how oppression works. And then suddenly it's to get defensive about it and defend your because it's for many people it's hard to look at your belief system and say yo that's fucking that actually i I need to throw that piece out that's actually not helping me it's actually going to hold me back and it's actually it's running counter to where the where the rest of the world is yeah i i had very many points of evolution in my own understanding of race of gender identity and things like that and it truly took me you have to really you have to arrive at a place where you have to think, A, am I a flawed person? Or do I have things that I'm insecure about or different yeah. about me? That I would hope I'm living in a world where those things don't matter, where those are not those are not vectors to terrorize me emotionally. And yeah. can I be around people that are understanding? And if I do believe that's the world that I want to live in, then it is incumbent on me to also treat every other person in situation like that. Because if you get selective, then it's only going it, to, it doesn't lead to increased oh, yeah. understanding. Buddy, uh, dude, 100%. I, even thinking about like comedy, like I've been doing it for 10 years. I started in Pittsburgh, 
Like, mm. I didn't grow up in, like, the most, like, culturally diverse town. And, like, going to Austin, which is, like, a very liberal place, I remember getting there and, like, doing jokes and, like, other, like, a, 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 fr- a great friend of mine, Kath Barbadoro, other, uh, another comedian, came up to me after a show one time and was like, like, you're super funny, but that one joke is, like, super misogynist. And I was like, really? I was like, I don't know if I mean right. it that way. And she was like, like, yeah, like, the laughs you're getting on it, like, they're, like, kind of, like, mean laughs. And, dude, it stuck with me so much. And I remember just having a moment where I was like, oh, I don't want that at all. Right. And it was like, right. I always felt like, but I always felt, like, open to, like, evolving past those things. Yeah. And, and thankful for the people in my life, too, that were just totally like, hey, like, let's talk about it real quick. And, you know. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, oh, thank and you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, like, so at that moment, you were able to imagine the world from a different perspective than your own and evolve your perspective to include that perspective. And I feel like the, you know, a lot of these comedians who now are just like trying to start a cult are, are like, they get told of a different perspective and they just kind of clamp down and choose to not let that in and instead to fight against it and try to like get people to see the the world through their eyes i guess yeah and, yeah in a very culty way that seems damaging well yeah and a lot of people are stuck on the fact that they were probably getting a lot of laughs when they were kids in the 90s by being the meanest motherfucker who was able to rephrase bullying yeah. shit in funny ways mm-hmm. yeah because a lot of it Man, I used to get so many laughs, like just going off on somebody's looks or like, ah, your mom, you know, like just just mean shit. But people were more like, oh, shit, he went there in a creative way. And I was like, ah, I'm right. the funniest motherfucker that ever lived. <laughs> yeah. right. And then you realize, shit, man, I'm just really good at being mean in a way that isn't traditionally mean. And it's yeah. a way that right. can make people laugh because we all of us are stunted kids and not under, like not able to extend empathy or sympathy in a direction. And then yeah. you have to have a reckoning with that where I was like fuck man like i'm not really funny if the only thing i can do is just be like kind of mean yeah uh, like just describe some shit about someone being different or ugly or something like that that's not a joke and there's a i think that's why a lot of people too who have a lot of like jokes or material that are sort of come from that philosophy of like yo i'm just teasing man i'm just cap you know just fucking poking fun man it's nothing it's comedy those are the people who really go what the fuck's happening man like yeah. this is all this yeah. is like it, it, it's, everything's completely changed it's like well no like people get older and as people get older we have more access to experiences and ways to process our experiences to be like oh that all that shit i used to laugh at that was actually really foul that was actually contributing yeah. to someone else being feeling like absolute shit about themselves yeah. and that's not the spirit of what comedy is yeah and they the ones who are like i'm just joking like what it's just a joke i'm just a comedian don't pay attention to me are the ones who when that premise is challenged they're like they get very serious about it yeah yeah. suddenly turns into white supremacy and misogyny free speech conversation yeah 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 Yeah. exactly if and again if your material isn't actually pointing out the absurdity of something like and there's a you have actually from a position of like you're morally correctly pointing out an absurd power imbalance, which is what great comedy can do. Yeah. You know, you have to ask yourself, like, what is it really saying? Well, but I feel like to them and a lot of these people too, they are pointing out that absurdity. It, it, for them, it's like, they are thinking critic, but it's because they're so threatened. Yeah. And they don't, they don't, they don't want it to change. And like, I, I just know, dude, I know these fuckers at like a lot, like a lot of them. And it's like, 
yeah, they think that they're the the ones thinking critically, and we're right. all we're all like sheep about it. Or and whatever. I think and yeah. what and what like you couldn't ask for a worse laboratory to extract your data from. Than oh my god! Yeah, being on a stage with a microphone saying something and people yeah. laugh. Oh, how right. the fuck Two people are you, who already like you and are you already gonna, have an investment. How the fuck are you going to move past that? No, you're not. No, it's, it's yeah, the thing that makes you feel like a god, you know, like, be, like yeah, you're just going to be enabled the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. keep saying yeah. those things. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's all about. It was like, well, I'm getting positive feedback from this. For I'm sure. guessing all, and that's the same thing Dave Chappelle said at the Hollywood Bowl when he did, premiered his documentary there. He went up there and he was like, oh, I'm glad y'all love me. And people were like, ah. And he's like, if this is what being canceled feels like, then I fucking love it. Right. But you are in a bro. That's 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 only a couple thousand people there. Yeah. You have a lot of other people. And I think a lot of people also try and say it's like this noisy minority of people. Well, that may be true that maybe mathematically people that are offended by homophobia or transphobia may not be at a global majority. Yeah. But it's not an insignificant amount of people. And I think that's what's also very dismissive about the whole thing a very literal bubble that he was in like yeah. people paying to see you with no cell phone like, right right yeah get yeah, yourself right. a cell phone in the bag yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It sounds everything's above board <laughs> yeah so you you know you're on the right side when you're espousing views that vladimir putin would agree with yeah you're, you're crushing it man yeah <laughs> putin's like he was but there they, the, in the audience at the hollywood Bowl yeah <laughs> steven seagal they're like they cut to them real quick yeah that imbalance of power thing is so true. And it's why to talk about something we mentioned earlier, why slipping on a banana peel is the best joke, because it's the ultimate imbalance of power between human beings and gravity. Mm. You know, well, put. when you think about it, well, put. yeah, yeah, we're all, man, we're all just slipping all, on peels, man. We're all just slipping on peels, dude. It's all about, it's all about <laughs> sticking the landing and getting back up. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys should teach a comedy class. I like it. Good. Yeah. Comedy philosophy 101. <laughs> well, I mean, because it's true. You, you look at Mat- Mat- Chappelle's early shit. He was able to, people be like, oh, these jokes are racist. Well, he was actually able to use Man. racism to po- broaden, a, like to bring up a larger point about the racist dynamics within the United States. And yeah. when that and I think he's completely just I don't know, maybe that's no longer important to him. But I feel like if he for someone, again, who says like he really cares about trans people, then listen to them. Yes. Listen to them. Yeah. And don't be dismissive. And just because you have one person's family and another trans comedian that has your back, that doesn't negate the feelings of many other people. And if you're yeah. truly there, if like any person who wants to claim they're an ally of any, you know, liberation movement for people, then you have to really be aware of this kind of shit and know what you are fighting for and fighting against and what progress looks like and what the slowing of progress looks like. Yeah. It's just weird because Chappelle's never said something that aged poorly before, like when he told us that we should give Donald Trump a chance. You know? <laughs> that was... Dude, he pulled back on that one, what, like a couple months later or something? That's what I'm, I'm like... hoping that that happens. I, do, I don't think so. Three specials in a row yeah. now. No, he he's, so much, yeah. he's, he's really money. dug he in. Fuck you money. So it's he's going to be fuck you. I mean, at the end of that special, he did say something like he said he's done doing the jokes until you know, whatever he said, until I, I know that we're both laughing together. And it's like, right. well, that's not going to happen. So you're just right. done doing the jokes now. Cool. And I'm sorry, right. what, what was the joke? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. 
uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.